0: Love Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Topic that I know a lot about because I have traveled a lot. This is the first installation of the series on international travel tips. I'm going to dedicate this series of shows to my friend Dion Hayes. Dion and I practiced together here in the Twin Cities for a couple of years, and uh, she subsequently moved to Washington DC. She's now the general counsel of an organization there and I moved on to the company that I work for now and we have kept in touch over the years. Dion recently published a book and I am hopeful that I will be able to get her on the show to tell you guys all about it. But um we were having a conversation via email one day, and she mentioned that she really liked the show that I did on um, entitled "My Trip to London." If you haven't listened to it, check it out. You can get it off the iTunes podcast for the Speedway Show, or you can get it off of uh, Speedway.com or the com. They'll take you to the same place. One of the things that Diane said she liked about the show was the fact that it. Um, wasn't just about tourist sites, and it gave some travel tips. And she wanted more travel tips because she's going to be doing some traveling, international traveling herself. And I thought, well, how great is that because I just happened to already have an outline for this show. So I told her I would uh, move it up on the list and uh, get it out there so that uh, hopefully she can get some of these tips before she goes traveling. Anyway, so here we are. And um, where have I been? Well, I'll tell you over the past, I'd say, three or four years. I have been to Brazil, Italy, France, Spain, South Africa, Canada, Zimbabwe, the Netherlands, Germany, the United Kingdom, Mexico, and many states in the United States, including Hawaii, Washington, D.C., Montana, Florida, California, New York, Philadelphia, Ohio, Iowa, and, of course, I live in Minnesota. Well, that's a lot of travel, yes, indeed. Many of these, actually, I have been to multiple times. So in 2013, I expect that by the time the year is over, I will have been to The United Kingdom about three times. So, my shortest international trip was a little over two hours from Minneapolis direct to Toronto. My longest trip to date has been to Zimbabwe, which takes, you know, depending on the route, sometimes as long as 24 hours, including layovers. So I have learned a thing or two because I have asked along the way questions of my colleagues who have traveled a lot more than I have, and I have picked up all sorts of interesting tips. And we're going to talk about a lot of them. I don't think I can cover all of them, but I certainly will cover a lot of them. And if you have questions, specific questions that you want to ask, shoot me an email at spiway at com. So the email is at S-P-I-W-E, at com. Now, here's what I will tell you to get started. If you have ever traveled in the past, this may come as no surprise to you, but the first critical thing to know is, and this is my estimate based on my experience, this isn't based on some empirical data, but I would say that 95% of the success or the stress of your trip is going to depend on how well you prepare long before you ever get to the airport. Many an overnight success took decades to accomplish. So we're going to spend most of our time on that 95% uh, for the next In fact, I think I've got um, four shows lined up for you that are going to address the international travel topic. So we're going to spend probably a good 95% of our time talking about stuff that you're going to need to do to be successful before you ever get to the airport or on the plane. So let's start with what do we do in the planning phases before the trip ever even rolls around. I'm going to spend most of this particular show talking about frequent flyer miles and all of the things that you need to do to plan. Now, you might think, well, gee whiz, you know, is there that much to say about Yes, yes, there is. So here's the first thing I'll tell you. Try as much as possible to always fly the same airline, whether for business or pleasure. Many people, if they're going on a trip, will jump on uh, one of the – airline comparison websites, right? You might like kayak, you might like travelocity, you might like orbits, and most people will look for the cheapest flight. What I will suggest to you is that actually, especially if you travel or if you expect to travel quite a bit, I would suggest to you that that is a very short-sighted way to travel. Try and fly the same airline as much as possible. The best choice of which airline is the one that has a hub in your city. It may not be the cheapest, but based on what I'm going to talk to you about in this show, um, it will probably have the most flight paths and the most flight options from your city if it has a hub. Also, because it has a hub, it has probably made the biggest investment in your airport and in your city. For example, Delta is the uh, hub airline in Minneapolis-St. Paul. So at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport, delta has the largest number of flights that come and go and therefore i can fly direct anywhere from here to london from here to chicago from here to columbus ohio lots and lots of direct flights i can fly direct from here to california i can fly direct all over the place because delta is the hub airline we have ipads on public tables and restaurants now there are outlet towers at the regular seats at most of the Delta um, desks, so it makes it easy to sit anywhere and cha- and charge your devices. There are also a lot of internet kiosks in the Delta uh, gates, which means if I don't want to use an iPad, I can get on a computer at many many points in between the gates. Also. Delta has additional conveniences like quicker, less trafficked checkpoints if you have no luggage to check in. So if I come in a particular, um, if I park in a particular parking ramp at the St. Paul Minneapolis International Airport, the blue ramp, I can walk in and I can come in through the Skyway check-in and use a gate that is never really used that much by anybody except business travelers because we know it's there. And if I don't have any luggage to check in, I go straight through that checkpoint. There's no long security line. I get right into the gate. So lots of conveniences if you fly with your hub airline. Um, The other thing that I'll tell you is I'll promise you this. That over time, if you travel a lot, the benefits that you get from flying that same airline will match or better the dollars that you save from flying the cheapest airline, especially if you travel a lot. How can that be, you might be asking? Well, I'm about to tell you. The first thing that I will tell you is that you need to get yourself a frequent flyer number. This is true regardless of whether you expect to fly a lot or not in fact even if you use different airlines always get a frequent flyer number why because frequent flyer miles expire at different times and different airlines have different rules if you're like me and you're just not that interested in the rules and you don't want to learn them because actually you know the only thing that really makes a difference is how much you fly anyway just Get the frequent flyer number to maximize your chances of getting all of the benefits of flying with a particular airline. The other reason you want to do it is you may have unexpected travel. I'll give you an example. In April of 2008, my father passed away. So one day, I wasn't going anywhere for that year. And the next day, I was booking a last-minute trip to Zimbabwe, lots and lots of miles between here and Zimbabwe. And uh, on a round-trip ticket, that added a lot of frequent flyer miles to my frequent flyer mile bank. So you may have unexpected personal travel. You may have unexpected business travel. Sometimes you just don't know. So let's talk about all of the benefits of getting frequent flyer Miles, and there are many. The first thing I'll tell you is priority check-in. You know that long line of travelers that are standing there in that line when you show up? Well, um, you get to helicopter right over all of those people, and you get to check in in the priority check-in area ahead of all of those if you get to that point in your frequent flyer status. So that is one reason that you will want to get your frequent flyer number. Other benefits, regardless of what seat you are in, you get on the plane sooner. This is a big deal, not just because you want to have as much time as possible on your computer when you get on the plane, which you may or may not care about. Uh, maybe you want to have the longest conversation with your honey bunny when you get on the plane to talk about how you're going to miss him or her, et cetera, et cetera, or your kids. Um, but even if that doesn't matter, you do it because you're going to get on the plane sooner regardless of what seat you're sitting in, and that means you get uh, priority When it comes to overhead space, I'll give you an example. You know how sometimes if you're sitting in seat 23C, um, most of the overhead space is gone and you might have to check in your bag? Well, if you get on the plane first, that's never going to happen to you. And by the way, that frequent flyer status applies regardless of what seat you're sitting in. So, for example, let's say I get on and I'm sitting in coach class and I'm sitting in seat 23c because they just couldn't get me any closer to the front of the plane or if i'm redeeming my miles i always get rubbish seating but because i have that frequent flyer status even if i'm sitting in seat 23c i get to board before other people who might be sitting back there so for example and i'll use delta because that's the one i know for example Delta has different zones. So if you look at your plane take your boarding pass, it will tell you whether you are first class, uh, Sky Priority or or zone 1 through 5. So even if I'm sitting in 23C, if I have gotten to priority status, I get to board behind right behind first class even if I'm sitting in 23C. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Um The other thing you get is you get automatic upgrades to a better seat. For example, if I am, now I always fly economy coach class because that is what um, my company pays for and that is what I can afford to pay for. But even if I'm flying coach, with my frequent flyer upgrade for domestic flights, I can get an upgrade to a first-class seat if one one is available for domestic flights. What's the big deal with first-class? Well, if you get a first-class upgrade, you get to check in with first-class passengers, and they usually check in right after the people with special needs who need you know additional time to get on the plane, the people who have perhaps uh, wheelchairs, who have handicaps, and the people with young children. So you get on the plane first. The other thing, in the first-class cabin, there are fewer seats, there are bigger seats, there are cushier seats, so it's a more comfortable flight. You get additional leg room. They ply you with drinks, including alcohol, as much as you like, as long as you don't jump around and start acting a fool. They give you all the food you want. So they give you snacks, whether they, they give you fruit, they give you chips, pretzels, cookies, whatever you want, and they will even give you meals on longer flights with real China and real glasses. Hello! The other thing that you get is you almost always get a blanket, a pillow, you get um, uh, headsets, you sometimes get um, the um, eye masks, if you want, so all sorts of exciting things that happen to you on first class. Wow! Yes, indeed. The other thing you get with your frequent flyer um, miles is you get automatic upgrades, even if not to first class because it depends on availability. So the the higher up you go, so there are different classes of frequent flyer preferences, right? So if you have, let's say, I'm making this up, let's say you've got silver medallion, then there's you know gold, then there's diamond, then there's platinum. With every single one of those, you're going to get a few more perks and you're going to get higher up the uh, up the list of people who get first automatic first class upgrades. The other thing that you get even if you don't get a first class upgrade is you get you can choose your seating without having to pay additional money for the seat. So, for example, there are different kinds of coach seats now. There's, for example, economy comfort. There's premier seating. There's window seating. There's exit seating. I did not realize until I had to fly a... Um, an airline I don't usually fly. That actually, these days, they charge you for switching seats. So if I want an exit row seat, I have to pay for that. If I want a window seat, I have to pay more for that. If I want a seat that's further up, closer to the front of the cabin, they can charge you for that. So with your frequent flyer miles, you don't, you can sit on any seat you like, and you don't have to pay for it. The other thing that you can get with your frequent flyer miles is you can get free access to the airline's private lounge for certain flights. So I am gold status, for example, on uh, Delta, and I can use the Delta Sky Lounge uh, for free if I'm going on an international trip. What's so magical about the Delta Sky Lounge depends on the country. Some of them in some countries will have free food, and uh, so that takes away your having to pay for... Uh, breakfast or lunch or whatever it is that you have to eat at the airport. Um, And there's, you know, more privacy if you want to have, uh, if you have a lot of time that you're going to be at the airport you might prefer to hang out there because you have your own personal seat and they have, you know, sort of alcoves that that give you a much larger measure of privacy. They tell you when your flight's about to leave. Um, If you pay for that because if you don't have frequent flyer status, you'll have to pay. Or if, you, if I wanted to use it all the time, I'd have to pay. And it can cost hundreds of dollars for those lounges if you care for that sort of thing. But like I said, my Delta Hub has such great amenities that actually it doesn't make a huge difference. The other reason that you want frequent flyer miles to rack up is because it will make a difference when it comes to free checked bags. And um, so, for example, you can pay as much as $50 or thereabouts per checked-in bag. And the higher you go with your frequent flyer number uh, of miles, the more checked bags you can check in. So at the lowest level, you can check in one bag for free. Then you go up to two checked-in bags for free. I am at the point where I can check in three bags for free. Now, I'm never typically going to travel with three Bags, but if I ever needed it, or if I've got family members who don't have um, enough frequent flyer miles to make that difference, then I can take another two people, and if all of us have one bag each, we can I can check all of them in at no additional cost. The other reason you want your frequent flyer miles is because it costs less to change flights. So, for example, let's say you're out for a meeting, you realize you can come back earlier, you want to switch your flight. Without your frequent flyer status, you could pay as much as $150 or more just to switch the flight. With certain frequent flyer levels, it doesn't cost anything. So, for example, if I am flying and I show up within three hours of my original flight departure, I can take a direct flight from anywhere back to home base in Minnesota without having to pay an additional cost. If I am transferring, it's not a direct flight. I may have to pay some minimal amount for the local taxes that are charged by the the local airport, but I'm still not going to have to pay $150 to switch my flight. The other kind of nice thing is that actually um, you get preferential treatment when you get to a certain point, they know your name. So every time I check in, it's not, you know, hi, how are you doing? It's, hello, Miss Pierce, how are you doing today? When I get on the fl- flight, when I board it, oh, I have a lovely flight, Miss Pierce. That's a personal touch. That's kind of nice because you feel like you're not just a number. The other thing is you have a priority telephone number and a separate dedicated phone line just for people who are, you know, whatever you are, gold status or diamond or whatever you are, platinum, on your particular airline. What that means is you're going to wait for shorter lengths of time on hold on the phone before somebody gets to you and the quality of service is better. It's kind of like flying first class. Flying first class means you get more attention because you have dedicated Um, flight attendants for the first-class cabin. And, uh, oh, speaking of first-class, what else didn't I tell you about the first-class cabin? Um, There are a couple of things I was going to tell you about the first-class cabin. Um, So you have your own, um, when you have, oh, yes, we, we were talking about the real China and so on. The other thing, as I said, you've got flight attendants that are dedicated to you. It's smaller, so it's quicker. You get all the attention you want. Uh, you get dedicated restrooms at the front of the plane, so the lines are shorter. You are, of course, um, first to get on and off the plane, with the exception of the people who need additional time. They will store your coat or carry uh, carry-on luggage and special cubbies as a courtesy if it doesn't fit overhead, so you're less likely to have to check it through. Um, moving along to all the other things that you get, uh, let's see, we talked about the priority uh, phone line. You get, uh, frankly, you get more and better attention just in general. So if you get stuck out somewhere, you call your priority line, you're going to get better service. Your flight gets canceled, you're going to be first to be placed on the plane that is going to be departing when everybody else is, you know, going to have to wait in line. So, uh, all sorts of things. The other thing about frequent flyer miles is they can be redeemed for other things. You can redeem them for hotel stays, uh, for discounts, rebates, and what I use my frequent flyer numbers, uh, frequent flyer miles for, you can redeem them for other flights. The other cool thing about, uh, frequent flyer, num- uh, frequent flyer miles is you can also, if you've got family members who are traveling with you and you're going on a trip, you can transfer the miles. Now, you always have to figure out if it's cheaper to actually transfer the miles or to just pay cash because it's not cheap to transfer the miles. But depending on where you're going, it might be worth it. So let's suppose, for example, so I have frequent flyer numbers for all my family members. So my daughters both have frequent flyer numbers. And so when I take them to Zimbabwe with me, they rack up their miles. When we went to Mexico for spring break, I was able to transfer. It was cheaper for me to transfer their miles into my account because that meant I had enough frequent flyer miles to buy all three tickets at a minimal cost compared to what I would have had to pay for each individual ticket to Mexico. So like I said, you use that frequent flyer uh, number wisely and it will be a better deal for you with all of those things than maybe just getting the cheapest flight because you're still gonna to have to wait in the long, long lines, etc. cetera. The other thing I'll tell you onto another topic, if you have a smartphone, get the app for the airline that you will be using. Why? Because you will be able to track your flight and get alerts if the schedule changes, if that flight is delayed, or if the flight is canceled. You will also have an easier time of transferring to another flight if you need to. On your app is going to be a phone number that you can click on and call if you need assistance, and it's going to be easier. Um, The other reason is because if you've got a smartphone, if your flight is canceled rather than standing in that long, long line, you can just get on your app and you can transfer onto another flight without um, that may not be as fully booked, as it would be by the time you get to the front of that line. Check in 24 hours before you depart if you can, um, because a lot of airlines, once you get your smartphone app, will allow you to do that. If you don't have a smartphone, do it on your computer. Why? Because you want to get your seat assignment as early as you can. The earlier you do it, the more options you're going to have for getting your preferred seat. A tip about seating if you're going to pick a seat there will be there may be lots of different options right um, um premium seating um, uh coach plus whatever they call it always if you can pick an exit row uh why because um especially on a long on a long flight like if you're on an overnight flight, you have an exit row window seat. Why? Because if you have an exit row, you're going to get more leg room than all of those economy plus, economy plush, whatever they call them, seats. Exit row will generally give you better seating. If you get the exit row right at the front of the uh, cabin, you're going to be able to get in and out of your window seat without disturbing your neighbor, which gives you much better flexibility. And often it is cheaper than a premium coach seat, that offers only a few inches more legroom. The other reason I'm going to tell you for checking in 24 hours before you depart, aside from getting a better seat, is it avoids you having to stand in the ticketing line, especially if you have no checked luggage. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. If you're going someplace for less than three weeks, only take carry-on luggage. It will make a lot more... um sense for you if you can be that disciplined because it's going to avoid you having to stand in that ticketing line and you just have to stand now in the security line. Um, The other thing is that using your smartphone to check in may also mean your boarding pass is going to appear on your smartphone with the barcode that you can use at the checkpoint. Why is that important? If you're like me and you have a hard time keeping up with paper, and you tend to like being paperless anyway, it will be one less piece of paper you have to keep track of. I am a lot less likely to lose my smartphone than I am my boarding pass. If you are on a long flight and you're not paying for business class, your next best thing is you get that exit row seat. And even though uh, you can have it, there will be certain requirements that you have to meet. But often, as I said, it's going to give you More legroom. So, having said that, that takes us to the end of our show today. And uh, tune in for the next edition of International Travel Tips. And until then, this is Speedway saying. At the handle, The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.